sleep. i 
conversation during the walk. There were still some whose love was sought by many, and those whose love was sought by none. Naturally, having conquered hunger, algebraically by the sum total of external welfare, the one state launched its attack against the other ruler of the world, love. And finally, this elemental force was also subjugated, i.e. organized and reduced to mathematical order. About 300 years ago, our historic lex sexualis was proclaimed. Each number has the right to any other number as to a sexual commodity. Since then, it has only been a matter of technology. You are carefully examined in the laboratories of the sexual department. The exact content of sexual hormones in your blood is determined, and you are provided with an appropriate table of sexual days. After that, you declare that on your sexual days you wish to use number so-and-so, and you receive your book of coupons, pink, and that is all. Clearly, this leaves no possible reasons for envy. The denominator of the happiness fraction is reduced to zero, and the fraction is transformed into a magnificent infinity. And so, what to the ancients was the source of innumerable stupid tragedies has been reduced to a harmonious, pleasant, and useful function of the organism, a function like sleep, physical labor, the consumption of food, defecation, and so on. Hence, you see how the great power of logic purifies everything it touches. Oh, if only you, my dear readers, would come to know this divine power, if you, too, would learn to follow it to its end. How strange. I have written today about the loftiest peaks of human history. I have breathed all this time the purest mountain air of thought. Yet within me, everything is somehow cloudy, cobwebby, shadowed by the cross of a strange four-pod X. Or is it my own shaggy paws? And all because they have been so long before my eyes. I dislike to talk about them. And I dislike them. They are a relic of a savage epoch. Can it be that somewhere within me there is really? I wanted to cross out all this because it is outside the outline topics for this entry. Then I decided I would leave it. Let my notes, like the most sensitive seismograph, record the curve of even the most insignificant vibrations of my brain. For it is precisely such vibrations that are sometimes the forewarning of. But this is entirely absurd. This really should be stricken out. We have channeled all elemental forces. There can be no catastrophes. And now, all is entirely clear to me. The odd feeling within me is simply the result of that same square position I have described before. And the troubling X is not within me. It cannot be. It is simply my fear that some X may remain in you, my unknown readers. But I am confident. 
severely. I am confident you will understand that it is far more difficult for me to write than it has been for any other author in the history of mankind. Some wrote for their contemporaries, others for their descendants, but no one has ever written for ancestors or for beings similar to his primitive, remote ancestors. Sixth entry. Topics. The incident. The damned, it's clear. Twenty-four hours. I repeat, I have made it my duty to write without concealing anything. Therefore, sad as it is, I must note here that even among us, the process of the hardening, the crystallization of life, has evidently still some steps to be ascended before we reach the ideal. The ideal, clearly, is the condition where nothing happens anymore. But now, well, today's One State Gazette announces that the day after tomorrow there will be a celebration of justice at the Plaza of the Cube. This means that once again some number has disturbed the operation state machine. Again, something has happened that was unforeseen, unforecalculated. Besides, something has happened to me as well. True, this was during the personal hour, that is, at a time especially set aside for unforeseen circumstances. Nevertheless, at about the hour of sixteen, to be exact, 10 to 16. I was at home. Suddenly the telephone rang. A female voice. D-503. Yes. Are you free? Yes. This is I. I-330. I shall call for you in a moment. We'll go to the ancient house. frightens me, but this is exactly why I said yes. Five minutes later, we were already in the arrow, the blue majolica of the maytime sky, the light sun in its own golden arrow buzzing after us, neither falling behind nor overtaking us, and ahead of us a cloud, white as a cataract, preposterous and puffed out like the cheeks of an ancient somehow disturbing. Our front window is up, wind drying the lips. Involuntarily, you lick them all the time, and all the time you think of lips. Then, in the distance, blurred green spots out there behind the wall, a slight, quick sinking of the heart, down, down, down. As from a steep
just like that, burning, suffering. Again, the drop shades of her eyes. What stupid, reckless waste of human energy, don't you think? She seemed to speak somehow out of myself. She spoke my thoughts, but in her smile, there was that constant irritating X. Behind the shades, something was going on within her. I don't know what. That made me lose my patience. I wanted to argue with her, to shout at her. Yes, shout. But I had to agree. It was not possible to disagree. She stopped before a mirror. At that moment, I saw only her eyes. I thought a human being is made as absurdly as these preposterous apartments. Human heads are opaque, with only tiny windows in them, the eyes. As though guessing, she turned. Well, here are my eyes. Well, silently, of course. Before me, two eerily dark windows, and within such a mysterious alien life, I saw only flame. Some fireplace of her own was blazing there, and shapes resembling. This, of course, was natural. I saw myself reflected in her eyes. But what I was feeling was unnatural and unlike me. It must have been the oppressive effect of the surroundings. I felt definitely frightened. I felt trapped, imprisoned in that primitive cage, caught by the savage whirlwind of the ancient life. You know what, said I, 330. Step out for a moment to the next room. Her voice came from there, from within, from behind the dark windows of her eyes, where the fireplace was blazing. I went out and sat down. From a shelf on the wall, the snub-nosed, asymmetrical physiognomy of some ancient poet, Pushkin, I think, smiled faintly right into my face. Why was I sitting there, meekly enduring that smile? Why all of this? Why was I there? Why these ridiculous feelings? That irritating, repellent woman, her strange game. A closet door was shut behind the wall, the rustle of silk. I barely restrained myself from going in, and I don't remember exactly. I must have wanted to say very sharp words to her. But she had already come out. She wore a short, stockings. The dress was a light silk. I could see the stockings, very long, much higher than the knees, and the bare throat and the shadow between. Look, you are clearly trying to be original, but don't you? Clearly, she interrupted me. To be original is to be in some way distinct from others. Hence, to be original is to violate equality which in the language of the ancients was called being banal, is with us merely the fulfillment of our duty, because, yes, yes, precisely, I could not restrain myself, and there is no reason for you to do. She went over to the statue of the snub-nosed poet, and drawing down the blinds over the wild flame of her eyes, blazing within her, behind her windows, she said, sensible thing. This time it seems to 
next time.